Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome right. to New York. Oh. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! (sighs) I don't understand how I can't go uh, more than a week without having to do an episode where I don't sound happy, I sound upset, and things like that. But what is going on, Devils fans? It is once again your boy, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. I really hope you guys are having a good day. Wherever you're listening to this podcast episode, I hope you're having a better day than I have. I've been having right now. Thank you guys as always for taking some time out of your day to check these episodes out. I really do appreciate it. These episodes and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored by the lovely people at DraftKings Sportsbook. When you sign up for DraftKings, make sure you use our promo code when you sign up, THPN. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have a pretty decent amount to talk about here on this edition of Devil's State of Mind podcast. I knew that, you know, I was going to obviously have to talk about this. And I'm sure this is an episode that a lot of people uh, are certainly interested in listening to to get my feelings towards what exactly we are dealing with right now with regards to the New Jersey Devils. I'm going to do my best to give you guys the information in relatively chronological order and then just kind of go from there. Okay. So let's let's start with this. So let's go back to Tuesday. Uh, the Devils uh, were getting ready to play their next game against the Boston Bruins, looking to try to extend their winning streak to four games, knowing also going into this game that we said at the time of the game, uh, before the game started, we were standing just three points behind Boston in the standings. So this was obviously a major game against an opponent that we've had relatively good success against over the last year and change, you know, going back to last year, 
And even though we didn't beat them the first time uh, we played them this year, uh, still being able to be very, very competitive against the very talented Boston Bruins team. Uh, but the biggest question mark that we had going into this game was the status of Dougie Hamilton. And we talked about in the last episode that he played only about a little more than four minutes of the game, uh, the win against the Washington Capitals, uh, and did not return. And we all knew that there was a good chance that he suffered a pretty bad facial injury and that he was going to be out for some time. It was just a matter of we have to wait around and see what ends up being um, being told to us. But there are a handful of us in the Devils uh, media when it comes to podcasts, uh, people who are writers and things like that, not associated with the team. You know, fans like myself, uh, a lot of the fan pages and things like that. We have people that are inside, uh, that are insiders, that have a lot of inside information that we are somehow able to get before even we get notified of it by our actual team reporter and the team itself. Um, And I want to talk about that situation a little bit as well in this episode. But um, I was in, I'm in several Devils group chats uh, with a bunch of other fans, love interacting with you guys. Um, And one of them that I'm in, and I'm not going to say names because I don't want anybody to get in trouble or anything like that. One of the group chats I was in, we got word within the group chat that uh, it wasn't just Dougie Hamilton's injury that was going to be a topic of news today, but that there were several other pieces of news, two which are very major, uh, two that uh, are going to affect the team right now, but hopefully will not affect the team in, in a couple of days from now. The first one was about Dougie Hamilton in that basically we knew, you know, what we ended up getting was what we all expected. Um, we found out that Dougie Hamilton broke his jaw through this source. Like he was going to be out. He was going to have surgery on Wednesday um, and was going to be out long term. Uh, they say indefinitely, uh, which to me, a lot of time when I say indefinitely, that, that doesn't give me a whole lot of good feeling that they're going to be back anytime soon this season. But the news didn't stop there. The next bit of news that we got was revolving around our lovely captain and the man that we're doing a autograph puck giveaway of and the man who celebrated a birthday on Tuesday as well, Nico Gishir. We found out through our source that Nico Gishir most likely was going to be out long-term as well with what they said was a broken foot. And it came off of blocking a shot off of Alexander Ovechkin in the win over the Washington Capitals. Now, what's really interesting about that news was that I do remember at the end of the second period, Nico Kishir was still on the bench, just kind of hunched over. And it looked like he was like kind of crying. And I'm not trying to say that in the mean spirit way, but it looked like he was definitely dealing with something uh, pretty severe. And he ended up playing the rest of the game. And as we know, scored two goals, got the game winner in overtime. The rest is history. But that Nico Kishir uh, paid the ultimate price for that, and that was uh, that he was going to be out long-term. And that came as a pretty damn shock to all of us. And we were like, oh, no, we're not going down this road again. We're not going down another year where we have to face ungodly amount of adversity um, to our core players. And again, the injury news did not stop. Um, we also found out that both Pavel Zaka and Yegor Sharangovich were going to be put on the COVID-19 list. Now, because they are asymptomatic, 
they're only going to be out five days because of the new protocols in the NHL. So they hopefully won't be out for too long. Maybe miss another game or two. We'll see. Um, and the last bit of news that we got was something that I think we all kind of knew anyway, but it was just confirmation that goaltender Jonathan Bernier was going to get surgery on his hip and he would be out the remainder of the season. So I remember I put out on Twitter, uh, also on Instagram, I said to Devils fans, look, I'm just giving you guys the heads up now. Um, you're not going to like what's going to happen in the next couple of hours, whenever the Devils decide to make announcements about injuries. Um, and a lot of you guys on Twitter, for understandable reasons, were very upset that I didn't immediately come out and say exactly what the problem was. Because, again, I was trying to get more confirmation. I wanted to make absolutely positively sure that what information I got was correct and that it was going to match up with whatever the devils were going to share later on. Now, some of you did reach out to me via direct message and asked me to give you details, and I gave you the best details that I could. Um, and shout out to all the Devils fan pages. Uh, shout out to everybody on Twitter that got information about this as well and let us know um, that, you know, basically the majority of this news uh, was, was pretty accurate. That was going to be pretty accurate, but obviously the Devils were going to try to spin it in a way that, Every NHL team tries to spin it. Where they try to make it not seem like it's as bad as it actually is. Um, and I do appreciate people being understanding of it. Um, and again, I made it clear that I wasn't going to make any sort of major announcement about it until I got more confirmation. And eventually I did. Eventually I did. Um, and then the Devils main announcement finally came out at around 1.30 in the afternoon and made the very difficult announcement of several player updates when it came to some of our main guys. And this was the official, um, this was the official statement from the Devils. Uh, the Devils had several injury and roster updates following the team's Tuesday morning skate. They are as follows. Captain Nico Gisher will not play against Boston tonight due to a lower body injury. Defenseman Dougie Hamilton, a broken jaw, will have surgery Wednesday. He will be placed on injury reserve retroactively to January 2nd. Goaltender Jonathan Bernier underwent successful surgery on his right hip Monday and will be out the remainder of the season. Forwards Yegor Sharangovich and Pavel Zaka have entered COVID-19 protocols and will be unavailable against the Boston Bruins. So, with all that, we have once again reached another point in another one of many seasons we've had over the last almost decade now with this team that the Devils are facing major, major adversity. And there are a couple of things that I want to speak about when it comes to this. Um, and I will get to a very quick, uh, not necessarily quick, but I will get to a game recap of the game against Boston as well, because there was a bunch to talk about with that as well. The first thing that I want to talk about with you guys about this whole thing is simply that it is damn frustrating that every year it's something else. It's COVID, it's injuries, it's guys dealing with things that no other team seems to deal with. It's guys retiring before ever playing a game for us. It's, it's so many different things every single year. And after a while, you just, you just get burned out from it all, really. I, you know, talking to a lot of Devils fans, we all just kind of wonder to ourselves, are we just cursed? Like, did we do something that, put us in this position where we just have no luck whatsoever 
that we just constantly get dealt the bad hand that it can't seem to get come together with this team for coaching reasons, for COVID reasons, for injury reasons, for whatever. Why is it that we are struggling this much to just have a healthy team for once? And by the way, with, with um, Jonathan Bernier being out the rest of the season, that confirms that the Devils uh, will 100% not have a single point in this season in which they will be fully healthy. Because there's still the very slight possibility that maybe Miles Wood could come back. But he's dealing also with a hip injury. There's a good chance he's probably not coming back either. And he had surgery, you know, a month, you know, two months ago. So that's what we have with that. And like I said, it's just really frustrating that it's like, it seems like every single fucking year, there's something else that prevents this team from going out there and reaching its potential and living up to the hype, living up to what we all expect from them. And it just delays everything. It just, it, it almost feels like we're just, the, the rebuild has just been put on delay for another year because Dougie Hamilton's out long-term. Nico Heischer potentially is out long-term. Jonathan Bernier is not coming back. Miles Wood's probably not coming back. Uh, you know, it's just one guy after another. It's just one thing after another. And I was talking about this with several people, and I've been on one or two podcasts since this news came out. And I've said that the thing that's so aggravating is that look at how many other teams, even some teams that are not, that are struggling more than we are in the standings, that are not dealing with this crazy shit every single year. It's, it's mind-boggling. I'm very envious of our cross or Hudson River rival New York Rangers. They're currently, you know, in a position to be first place in the NHL. And they barely dealt with COVID. They barely dealt with injuries. They, they barely dealt with craziness other than last year, but it seemed to have worked out in their favor. And then you get teams like Tampa who don't deal with a whole lot of adversity except Kucherov, but how really, how much is that? Boston, I mean, Boston's still kicking pretty good ass even without Tuka Rask in the lineup. Um, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes seem to be getting things rolling. Uh, you know, there's so many teams at Minnesota Wild as well. And then you, you come to us and yeah, we're the youngest team in the NHL still, but we have so much talent that should be able to come together and be able to click. And finally, we, we come back from nine days off because of an early Christmas break. We win three in a row, and our punishment for winning three in a row is losing our, is losing our captain long-term, is losing our star defenseman long-term, is losing our backup goaltender to give insurance to Blackwood out for the rest of the season, having Miles Wood out probably the entire season without playing a single game. And then adding more guys to the COVID list and just being a constant depleted team that can't get it going. And I've said it before that chemistry is such an important thing in hockey. And if you don't give yourself the opportunity to develop that chemistry, you're not going to be able to put it all together. And that's the position that the Devils are in right now. So going into that game against Boston, how could any of us feel good about where this team is going when once again, you feel like we're just back to square one where we have to maybe wait till next year. Now, granted, we're not even halfway through this season and we're still only a few points out of a playoff spot. 
but it certainly feels like um, uh, the mountain just got a lot harder to climb because we are not at full strength and we're not going to be at full strength at any point this season and we're missing key players, key contributors to this team. Say what you want about what Nico Heischer was doing early on in the season. The man was starting to get hot. He scored two goals, blocked an Alex Ovechkin shot, and scored the game winner in overtime to win that game against Washington to finally beat them for the first time in over a year and to extend the winning streak to three games. Okay? Dougie Hamilton's been everything advertised and more. Miles Wood is a speedy, offensive, you know, guy that can really get us going, give us that energy. We don't have them. Pavel Zaka and Sharon Govich are two top six forwards that we have that are out for a while. Jonathan Bernier, we signed him because we thought we had the at least a decent backup, you know, goaltender last year in Corey Crawford, who decided before the season even began to retire and not even play a game with us. And we were hoping that he would, you know, Bernier would finally give us some stability and he gets hurt and is out for the year. And so all of this brings me back to the frustration that Devils fans have to endure, you know, for, for so long with just every time we get to the point where we're ready to take that next step to getting out of this rut that we've been in for a decade now and finally, you know, reaching that potential and something just gets in the way. And I know it's hockey and I know it's sports and things happen like this. But when you're a fan of the team, and especially for someone like myself who covers this team and watches this team much closer than I ever did, even closer than I did before, it, it can take a toll on you as a fan. And I'm sure it takes a toll on the players as well. I look at guys like Nico. I look at guys like Damon Severson. I look at guys like Brat and Zaka who have been here for the last you know, three, four, five years and have seen these type of crazy things happen to this team. In that time frame, I'm sure it just takes a lot out of you after a while. It's ridiculous. And I've never seen somebody have so much bad luck than our two number one overall picks since they got in the league. Jack Hughes has yet to play a full season in the NHL. He's not going to get it this year. So if you think about it, by the time he gets ready for his fourth NHL season next year, he will have still yet to play a full 82 game season. He's had. This is now his second coach, his second GM, and we've, we've changed up the team a bunch. It's crazy. And he's dealt with injuries. He's dealt with getting COVID. And it's amazing. And Nico Heischer, I mean, the dude, didn't the dude break his foot last year? I know he had a major injury in the offseason before the season began. Didn't start the year with the team. He comes back a couple of games in. The man breaks his jaw, breaks his nose, and gets a concussion. And now this? I mean, this man has no luck. That kid has no luck. I'm not going to sit here and say the devils are cursed, okay? They're not. It's just, when does the unfortunate, you know, oh, tough break type things stop? And we start finally having consistency and being able to do the things that we are expected to do. That's, that's really what I'm asking for. That's what I'm asking for. And that is what's incredibly frustrating about everything with all of this circumstance. 
it's very, very frustrating to me. So seeing all that news on Tuesday and knowing about it well before the Devils made an announcement was frustrating in its own right. But again, to already know what was going to happen before the Devils announced it is incredibly frustrating in itself. And for this reason, right now, the Devils have just one single person that officially reports for this team. Her name is Amanda Stein. Say what you want about your feelings about Amanda Stein, okay? I understand people are frustrated that Amanda Stein is the only person that gives us the news, so to speak, about this team. But you have to remember, and I've, I've reiterated this several times, and it really pisses me the fuck off that I have to continue to explain this and be logical because a lot of people don't want to listen to logic for some odd reason because they're taking all of their frustration with everything out on this person that's just doing their job. Amanda Stein works specifically for the New Jersey Devils. She is not an independent reporter. She doesn't work for the athletics. She doesn't work for, you know, the Bergen Times. She does not work for the Newark, Newark Star Ledger. She does not work for anybody except the New Jersey Devils. So when you are a team reporter, you are only allowed to report on news that the team themselves allow you to report on. So the reason that Amanda Stein didn't come out several hours prior and let us know anything was because she was not being allowed to tell us this. People were getting on her because she didn't say that Nico wasn't on the ice, that Zaka and Sharon Govich weren't on the ice. She, they were upset about that. The problem was that she probably knew they weren't on the ice, but she wasn't allowed to tell us that because they wanted, the team themselves wanted to get official confirmation about all of their players. But having said all that, okay, I am with a lot of Devils fans that it is very fucking frustrating that someone like myself, someone like my good friend Gianni, somebody, you know, several other Devils fan pages, the most popular Devils fan pages on Instagram also got the same news from the same source as I did. It makes no fucking sense that people like myself, a 24, almost 20, no, I was going to say 23, a 24 year old person who has no credentials other than being a host of a wonderful podcast is somehow able to get information faster than, than the people that should be reporters for this team. We did have a reporter for this team that was working for the athletic, Corey Massasak. But about a month ago, he announced that he was leaving New Jersey to go cover the San Jose Sharks. And we wish Corey all the best and hope that everything is going well for him. And now we have nobody. We don't have anybody else right now that can report for us. So when we try to look for stuff that involves the devils, we're not going to get anything unless one of us podcasts, fan pages, gets news from their source hours before the devils announce it, that something is going to happen. To me, that's a bad look on the devils themselves. And to me, that again, just screams about how, you know, I can't, I can't blame the devils themselves for this because it's not their job. 
it's upsetting to me that there are several major media outlets in the Newark, in the New York, New Jersey area, like the Newark Star Ledger, like the Bergen Times or whatever it's called, NJ, NJ.com, that don't give a damn about the only major professional sports team in the in the area that bears the name New Jersey. I know you have the Giants and the Jets, but they're the New York Giants and Jets. I know you have the New York Red Bulls, but they are called the New York Red Bulls. The New Jersey Devils are the only team, only sports franchise, professional sports franchise in this state that bears the name of the state. It's a major sport in, in the United States, okay? It's not one of the, it's not the most major, but it's one of the top four. It's one of the top four, and it's growing all the time. And you have people that write about the Rangers, about the Islanders, about the Flyers, and we don't have anybody that independently writes, covers this team. We have people that work for, you know, smaller, inter, you know, national slash international networks that cover this team, like myself. but. We don't have people that are based in New Jersey. We have newspapers, media outlets, and nobody wants to cover this team. Nobody who's in charge wants to do anything like that. I don't understand that. Unless the devils are making it impossible for them to do it, then I can understand. But if this is just straight up that these networks don't want to do it and don't bother, I don't get that. I don't get what is the point of that. I don't understand. And that's why you're losing people. The devil's always talk about it being Jersey's team. The devils do a piss poor job of promoting Jersey with this team. They, when they say that, what they're really talking about is people that live up in North Jersey. And I'm not knocking on people in North Jersey at all. But you could see it. A lot of their major events and everything like that is up there. They used to have events in my area, 10, 15 minutes from my house. They don't do that anymore. And they don't even try to go down to South Jersey because they just go, well, that's flyer country. We're not going to deal with it. It's still New Jersey. And you could very well give it a try. And I bet you that some people would come out. But the fact that we don't have people within these media outlets in New Jersey that are covering this team and that the only person we can rely on is Amanda Stein, who can only report what the devils themselves tell her to report, is upsetting. Because Amanda's just doing her job. She's getting paid to give us the news when the team wants to give us the news. She can't go above her job and do that. Otherwise, she would get fired. That's just reality. So I want people to stop knocking on her and stop criticizing her because she's just doing her job. If you want to blame somebody, as my good friend Alex Chauvincy said on Twitter, blame people that are in NJ.com. Blame people that are in the Bergen Times, the Newark Star-Ledger. Blame those people. Blame the people in charge of those companies because they're the ones that are not giving a shit. They're the ones that are not trying to cover this team. There are people throughout the NHL that talk about the Devils and say it's a young, up-and-coming team with a lot of talent, and they're a team that's going to be fun to watch for years to come. And we, as a state, don't do a damn good job of trying to up that even more, 
up that excitement. We used to, now we don't. I don't know what changed. I, I don't understand. I can't blame the devils themselves, you know, fully, but I can argue at least to say, hey, couldn't they ask? Couldn't they try to influence these people to do this a little bit? That kind of begs the question with ownership again, doesn't it? An ownership group that just bought a major league soccer team today. An ownership group that also just bought a European soccer team and an English premier soccer team as well. A team that owns one of the more recognizable uh, NBA teams. Uh, a team that, uh, an ownership group that tried to buy the, the fucking New York Mets. Again, that just kind of tells you everything you need to know, doesn't it? Doesn't it just a little bit? But that's just what I wanted to say about that. It's, it's frustrating to me that myself and so many other fans already knew two, three hours before that this news was going to be brought to light with the injuries and all that. And nobody was hitting on it. And that, you know, that, and that our sources have to remain anonymous for, for different reasons. It's not good. It's not good at all. It's a bad light. It's a bad look on so many people. And so that's really all well, where we are with this. And it sucks that I'm almost a half hour into this and then I, and I have to, and I'm still talking about this, but I, I'm trying to express my own feelings towards the injuries, towards how this continue, this type of crap continues to happen and why there's just less and less coverage of this team. It, it, it drives me nuts that it's like this. And I want it to stop. I want change. And, I, and it sucks as a fan because there's so little that I can really do. There's really so little that I can do. And, and I feel upset about that. So that's really where we're at right now. Um, and it's very frustrating. Now, with regards to the injuries, um, this is a season-defining moment for this team. They are in a position where they can still very much make the playoffs. They can still very much do a lot of good things this year. But now you have guys like Jack Hughes and Mackenzie Blackwood that are going to have to step up even more than they were before to try to carry this team. And you're going to have to ask other guys to step up that were not stepping up before to really get going. And it's really kind of put up or shut up, basically. And that's really where we're at. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, thank the Lord, so you know someone is going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prices all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I want to quickly go through the Devils' previous game against the Boston Bruins. Um, like I said before, it was a big game. Um, and you knew the Devils were going to go into it shorthanded and that, you know, if they were able to somehow pull a victory out, it would be amazing. If they lost, I mean, it wouldn't necessarily be the end of the world considering the circumstances that they're dealing with. Um, but you look at it less than three minutes into this game, it looked like the Devils were prepared to have a very long night as, you know, Alexander Holtz got back in the lineup and, you know, he was called up uh, from the taxi squad to play. Um, and he's going to get a decent amount of playing time considering the injuries and everything we're dealing with right now. But Elaine Nazardine put him on the fucking fourth line with Mason Geertsen. And I don't get how Mason Geertsen continues to be up with the big club when he contributes nothing to this team. And when they say, oh, he's here to protect the young kids. I've seen, I've seen guys like Jack Hughes get rocked and nobody do anything about it. So what, so what, what are people talking about? But to see Holt start on the fourth line, I know he moved around as the game progressed, but just to see him start on the fourth line, look, man, if you're going to play him on the fourth line, just send him back to Utica and let him keep developing because you're just stunting his growth and you're wasting his time in your own by just keeping our one of our top goal-scoring prospects all, you know, on a fourth line. It, it just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me. But Alexander Holtz had the puck in the Bruins zone and he tried to make a pass up the top of the point and it, there was nobody there. And it was intercepted by Curtis Lazar who came down the right side back into the devil zone and took a very weak shot that went through the legs of Blackwood and in to give the Bruins a one nothing lead. And it was a bad turnover by Alexander Holtz. Bad mistake, 100%. But it was also very bad on Blackwood. He should not have given that up. If he kept his stick on the ice, he, that puck doesn't go in. And Blackwood talked about it at the end, you know, in the uh, post-game press conference. That was one of the several goals he wished that he had um, that he had not given up. But that was the only goal of the first period. So really, when you looked at it, after being only down one nothing, despite everything that's going on, I, I thought that was somewhat of a win for this team. And then you go into the second period, and a little less than a minute into it, Nate Bastion gets a breakaway, and he scores a beauty. To tie the game up at one, getting his fifth of the year. Kind of a, I, I never expected to see that much speed from Nate Bastion, but uh, Bastion gets himself a big time goal to tie the game. And, you know, you felt pretty good about that. You felt pretty good. But it didn't last. It, did, it didn't last at all. 20 seconds later, the, one of the strangest goals I've seen in quite some time happened as Oliver Steen, I believe that's his name, Oliver Steen. I just want to make sure, I know it's Steen, it's Oscar Steen, excuse me, number 62 on the Bruins. He gets the puck behind the net, and it gets knocked off his stick, hits the top of the net, netting, rolls over, hits the back of Blackwood, and goes in the net. Only the Devils, right? Only the Devils would have a goal like that happen against them. And I looked at it first, and I said, should that have been a stoppage in play? Like, like why does that goal count? And you know, Steve Cangelosi for the second time in a week had to break out the rule book to explain to us what exactly the call is. Um, and that was a legal goal. And the Bruins got the lead right back. It was the strangest thing. It was the strangest thing. I could not explain that only to say that only the devils could give up a goal like that. And Steen, that was his first NHL goal. So again, the devils doing what they normally do, letting things that really shouldn't happen, happen to them. And that's really a uh, 
frustrating thing to only be tied for 20 seconds and then go right back down. But fortunately for the Devils, less than two minutes later, Jack Hughes coming down the right side in the offensive zone, feeds it over to Tomas Tatar, who got back in the lineup after being out on COVID. He was able to score a goal that just trickled past uh, the goaltender, Olmark, into the net to tie the game up at two, with Tatar getting his seventh goal of the year and big one to get himself back in the lineup. Um, and things stayed tied for a little while. Things definitely stayed tied for a while. And just before we reached the halfway point of this game, the Bruins came down into the offensive zone and Trent Frederick, who had one goal to his name so far this year, uh, was almost behind the net when he just fired the puck off the back of Blackwood and in. And it was just another bad goal and another freak goal that the Devils conceded. And the Bruins were able to take the lead back again, this time making it three to two. And that's where things stood up the two periods. So you looked at it going into the third and saying, despite the craziness when it comes to the goals the Bruins have scored tonight, the Devils are only down by a goal. And now we'll see what happens. And then you go about five and a half minutes into the second, uh, third period. David Severson takes a penalty, goes to the penalty box. Devils do a good job of killing off the, um, the penalty. I, I think the penalty kill has been really good of late. And then just after the penalty expires, uh, David Severson gets a great pass from Michael McLeod. Severson goes in on a breakaway. And like he did when he scored the game winner in the shootout against San Jose earlier this year, he goes top shelf over the glove of Olmark into the back of the net. And the Devils tie the game up again for the third time in this game. This time they tied up at three with Severson getting his fifth of the year. It was a big time goal, 736 into the um, third period. And things stayed tied for a pretty long time. And then we get to a little, little more than six minutes, a little bit less than six minutes remaining in the game. And uh, Taylor Hall gets the puck, gives it to David Pasenak on the left side. He looked like he was just going to take it around the net and try to set something up. He kind of deked out one of our defensemen. I forgot, I believe it was Ty Smith. I uh, was able to use the power move, get a good shot on goal at first. Blackwood makes the save, but nobody's able to clear the puck. Pasenak gets it right back on a rebound, flings it over the shoulder of Blackwood and in, and the Bruins take the lead again, this time making it 4-3. to three. And what's interesting is that Pasternak's goal was the only point of that perfection line uh, that the perfection line scored. So other than that, which turned out to be the game winner, um, the Devils did a pretty good job of really frustrating the perfection line. Um, but the Devils, they tried to fight. Um, they pulled the goaltender at one point, and then we had a frustrating situation where Jack Hughes was in the right corner in his own zone, just trying to get the puck up the other way so we could go do something. He gets the stick knocked out of his hands, which in all rights should have been a slash on Tomas Nosik. No call. Nosik takes it away, gives it to Brandon Carlo. Carlo just kind of lightly flings the puck at the net, and it goes through the legs of Blackwood. Another weak, weak goal to give up. And the Bruins scored again to make it 5-3. to three. And Jack Hughes slamming his stick on the ice, definitely pissed off. I was pissed off, definitely felt like it should have been a slash. But the refs did not see that. The refs weren't seeing a whole lot in this game. And that was, uh, that was all she, she wrote. As the Devils drop this one, losing 5-3. to three, And their three-game winning streak ends. And they have still yet to get a, a four-game winning streak since the, 17, since the 18-19 season. So it has been a while. It has been a while, and it was tough, 
losing to a Bruins team that, like I said before, is in front of you in the standings. Um, but I do want to give the Devils credit, despite all the adversity they dealt with, they fought and they played a good game. And it would have been great to at least get a point um, because I felt like the Devils deserved it. But in hockey, sometimes things just don't go your way. And that was not the case um, with that one. So with that loss, the Devils dropped to 13, 16, and 5 on the year. And with the win, the Bruins moved to 17, 10, and 2. And currently, the Devils sit now five points behind the Bruins for the second wild card spot. So now let's get to the final part of this whole crazy emotional episode. Um, the first thing that I want to mention is that the Devils' next two games are against Columbus. Columbus, who right now the Devils are tied with in the standings with 31 points. If everything goes the way we're hoping, the Devils could walk out of it by the end of, what is it? By the end of, by going into Sunday, having snatched four points from Columbus and jumping them in the standings. And maybe if the Flyers um, are struggling as well and don't get points, the Devils could end up being only two, potentially only two points behind the Bruins and into the uh, fourth place in the wildcard standings, if you want to say. And certainly you could jump both Columbus and Philly in the Metropolitan Division as well. So this is two very big games for the Devils with a Columbus team that has really been struggling of late. They just got blown out by Tampa 7-2. to They're dealing with some a, a few injuries here and there. Um, and they're dealing with some COVID as well. But this is definitely a de this is definitely a Blue Jackets team that the Devils should be able to take advantage of. Um, the first game is at, is at the Rock on Thursday at seven o'clock, and then they have uh, Friday off, and then they're in Columbus on Saturday taking on the Blue Jackets again in the second of those two games before Monday's game against the def two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, in which the Devils already have won a game against them. So it's a little bit of positive, but I said it at the end of the devil's game against Boston. You still have a really good opportunity this week to get some big points against the team that's in front of you in the standings and make up some ground and a team that's struggling. You got a chance to take advantage of that. So let's go out there and take advantage of it. Um, another thing I want to mention as well, that's important is that say what you want about Blackwood, say what you want. But unfortunately, the dude is playing through injury. We we found out that he is dealing with significant pain in the same heel that he got surgery on. So for whatever reason, the surgery is not working or did not work. And unfortunately, the Devils cannot afford for him to go on IR or get surgery or anything like that because the Devils don't have a goaltender. They have Akira Schmidt and John Gillies as, as their backups. Unless Tom Fitzgerald is going to make another move or two to get a goaltender in here, Blackwood's going to be the main starter for the majority of these games moving forward. And that's not good because it's going to, it's going to end up being wear and tear on his body and it's, and it might lead to something more severe. And that's what I'm worried about. So do I expect Blackwood to play both games? I do. Do I think he will? Um, there's always the possibility that he may not, but we'll see what happens. Um, but there's that. So there's a lot of adversity moving forward. We did get some good news, and we got some very interesting news as well that involves uh, Wednesday. When it comes to Wednesday, uh, the good news is, is that both Jimmy Vesey and head coach Lindy Ruff have been taken off the COVID-19 protocol list and are back. So Vesey might, might most likely will play against Columbus, and uh, Lindy Ruff will make his first game back 
as the head coach um, against that one uh, against the Blue Jackets as well. The other news that we got actually started right after the Devils loss against Boston. And then we found out later on um, a Wednesday that it turned out that Nico Heischer's injury may not necessarily be a broken foot, but more of a bruise and that Nico could play and it all depends on his pain tolerance. So that's kind of a, a, a crazy twist in this whole situation we're going for. And again, I only reported the information I was given to, and I could not confirm this 100%. So I understand you guys getting frustrated, but this is one thing that I'm very happy. If that ends up being the case, I'm very happy that I'm wrong about. Um, but you go into today's practice, and Nico did not practice. But Lindy Ruff said after practice that Nico was going to participate in morning skate on Thursday morning, and that there was a pretty good chance he was going to play. It all depends on how he feels. And it'll be interesting to see if he does play, how much he can really do. And that will probably help us determine how severe really is his injury um, and whether or not he really is dealing with a broken foot or anything like that. I am concerned, though, about him going out there, trying to give it 100% and hurting himself even more than where he is right now. I am very much concerned about that. Um, but if it's not as severe as they're saying it is, then at least we got some good news. But I do fear that he still is going to, at some point, be out for a decent amount of time. But it is kind of interesting how it went from, it looks like he's going to be out long term, to now he's just day to day. And of course, because this is hockey, we're never going to really know what he's dealing with until after the season, because I don't know why. So, all in all, it's been an emotional, frustrating last 24, 48 hours for this team. And now it's just about kind of that next man up mentality. If the devils really want to try to fight through this and, you know, not do the whole woe is me type thing and just write this season off, guys have to step up. You have a big opportunity to get four points against the team that's in front of you. It's important that you find a way to win these games, get those points, get that confidence back. You've won three of your last four. And if you can win both of these games, that's five of your last six. And all of a sudden you're right there with everybody else. I mean, you're right there anyway, only five points. It's not a lot. And again, we're not even halfway through the season. So there's a lot of work to be done. Um, there's a lot of hockey left to play. And there's guys here that can certainly get it going. And it's all about this team coming together and just playing the way that they're capable of playing and winning games. They can get on a hot streak. They'll be in a good position. So we shall see, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but uh, this is definitely some adversity that the Devils were not expecting. But it's something that we're living with, ladies and gentlemen.